This is WT4TST, and today we're honoured to be joined by Golden Contract winner Jazza Dickens. How are you, mate? I'm spiffing, sir. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> You're all right, mate. You're looking quite comfortable there. Um, listen, before we start, I want to show you something. I want to show you a picture and see if you know who this fella is. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that, man? <laughs> you know what? He, he, he. My, my my girlfriend always says that was the best the best nose I had. <laughs> I've had many, many noses since. That mate, I, I did this with another boxer. It's like, oh my god, it was Jack Bates, and it was like, oh my god, who's that? It's not even you. Um, yeah, we need we need to sort a box record. Anyway, a bit of fun, mate, to start with. Um, <laughs> right. So first time you come on TST, mate, we like to um, well, we like to know a bit about more about you, understand your background you know, how growing up in Liverpool was, etc., and then into your boxing, mate. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. All right, go for it then. So you grew up in Liverpool. How was that? Yeah, from from, from where I remember, I grew up in a community, in a small... I, I, I grew up in a small community in the centre, the very centre of Liverpool. Um, I had family, uh, aunties, cousins, um, and we went to the same school and the same youth club in the same area. We all... There was 10 lads in our class, so we all went to the same school and uh, everyone knew each other's mother. So, like, the, the area had a lot of respect for each other, you know what I mean? There's none of this knife crime. It was in the 90s. Um, we had respect for each other, you know what I mean? You couldn't you couldn't act like that because you couldn't act that way. You couldn't act like um, these kids do now, like they're all gangsters because you uh, you knew each other's ma and they shout at you or they go around and tell your ma off, you know what I mean? So it was a good community vibe where we, where we lived and it was um, it was nice growing up. I was lucky to grow up in an area like that because we got we got a lot from it, not just me or mates as well and I'm still mates with these same people today. So yeah, it, it was nice. It was nice. Then we all went to secondary school. It was a, a secondary school when I went to... Um, I started boxing, fighting a little bit too much. That was, that was the story for me. Growing up with my dad, we'd always we'd all we'd always train in the house, boxing training. I think in the nineties we didn't know what like kicks was and we didn't know what um, arm bars was. They, it was just a lock or boxing, really. <laughs> so um, <laughs> don't think MMA even existed at the time. It, it was just literally all it was all boxing, mate. You're right. No, I just imagine going back just a little bit. I imagine um, you talk about this community. I imagine you're having loads of. I call them fake aunties and uncles, you know, friends of the family and stuff. Imagine you doing anything wrong and them just giving you a clip round head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, we used to play for the football team every season. We go away to Pontons, but it'd be all the kids with all the kids' mums and dads and all that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It was, it was, it was brilliant, really. Yeah, we like more. Bloody hell, mate! Pontins that takes that takes uh, that takes me back, mate. Bloody hell, Pontins. Was that uh, the was it Southport then? You went? Was it there? We went there one year, but the most most times we went to the one in Real, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, North Wales, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we, lo- we absolutely loved it. It was it was the best, you know. So yeah. high school then, you started fighting a bit at school, a bit too much. Then ended up in the boxing uh, your amateur club, I guess. Yeah, it was the nineties. I had two moves. One was the headlock, and one was the left hook. They were my only moves I had. My special moves. <laughs> if I was a, if I was a PlayStation. Or as a console, as to be in the SNES, I only had two buttons. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, I want that too. It's like... <laughs> so, so um, yeah, my dad said go go down the gym, and I went down the gym, and um, 
took off from there from day one. I, look, I looked around and said, I'm going to be champion of the world on day one. I always had this feeling that I could do something with my life. I could take myself away from from the life I was living, the life I, was, I, I grew up with. I had, um, as we all do, problems at home. But I also had a lot of love at home. But I thought I can make a good life for myself here. I can do something positive with my life and come from, uh, you know, change my my dynamics of, of what my my family history has been and the family history before that so I can I can put a stop to this and do a 180 and sort of make positive positive changes in my life how old were you when you were thinking like that because that feels like a young age to feel you know to be that clued up I guess you're 12 12 13 yeah mate that's it's quite serious it's quite deep though isn't it for that age yeah no, that's good, mate. Right, so you had, uh, let's fast forward a little bit, because you had a decent amateur career, didn't you? Yeah, I've told you the world. world yeah. yeah. I'd never been away, I'd never been on a plane or nothing like that. And when I was 16, I'd, uh, I'd won a few, um, few national titles and I got on a plane to go to a place called Sardinia in Italy. Yeah. And when I got when I got to play, I've been on all these, obviously, since I've travelled the world a lot since, but if I knew what, a normal holiday was like in Sardinia, even Sardinia to them was an absolutely beautiful place, you know what I mean? So I thought, wow, is this what a holiday's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, no, it's not. Pontins is the holiday, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Butlins, Pontins, mate, it's all good. But but yeah, not going on a plane till 16, and then your first your first plane, you, you, you land in Sardinia. So so I guess, you like you just said, your eyes will have been like, whoa, this yeah. is not England. Not Liverpool. It went in a city. It was like it went in in a city, and it was the hottest weather that I'd possibly been in. Do you know what I mean? Consistent hottest weather I'd ever been in my life, and it went in a city. It was like it was there was beaches there, and that's so all. It was a mad, mad. It was an eye opener. Do you know what I mean? I bet it was. You just imagine you know, you from Liverpool or whatever. You can imagine it, can't you? Look back and you just go, "Wow, what what must you have been thinking seeing all that stuff that you've never yeah. seen?" Um, and I, ne- I never jumped in the sea. I remember one day getting a towel and going down the beach on my own. We had a bit of free time after training and jumping in the sea. <laughs> and and I just thought the sea was going to be up because the place was out the sea was freezing. And I got back out and just walked back home. But I thought, this is right. I've, I've jumped in the sea. I've always wanted to do it since I was a little kid. I only see holiday pictures and stuff. And um, <laughs> so, and, and, and to be honest, I was a bit of a fool because I just... The ice cream was too good. The pizza was too good, and and the whole holiday, I was just like um, I was just that lad. You didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. Obviously, <laughs> discipline. If I even had any at that point, just went out of the window because it was a little bit chubby at the time. But I was I was talented enough to be fighting for England. I bet you forgot about sun cream as well, did you? Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, scout tomato, and, and I won the gold as well. I won the gold in the European Union. Championships, the first ever one. So I made history there. So and then a few months after that, I went to Hungary for the European Championships, got a bronze medal. I was about to go to the World Championships a few months that months after that in a place called Baku in, in, in Azerbaijan. Yeah. And um, I was naughty on the GB team and they kicked me off the team. So we had a lot of um I had a lot of work to do on myself. We had to go and smart my behaviour up and um win all the championships again. And get back on the GB team somehow. What did it boot you off for? Just being a nuisance, a general nuisance, you know what I mean? Just just naughty, just couldn't sit still, couldn't sit with myself. Just just misbehaving. 
So discipline. Boxing's a great place to learn discipline, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, all right, so you, you did all that and you were all over the world and you really got amateur career. You won the senior ABAs, didn't you? Yeah, before that, I went, went to the Commonwealth Games. I rebuilt myself, went to the Commonwealth Games and got back on the Great Britain team and then turning 18, I went to the ABAs and won the ABAs and then and I always knew I was going to turn pro. I'm going to say shortly after that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was you were 19 when you turned pro, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's quite young, isn't it? What made you turn pro at that point? Well, I, since I've been watching boxing, since I was a little kid, since the age of 12, I've been watching professional boxing. You don't watch amateur boxing, do you? In the 90s, well, not the 90s, early 2000s. It's not like the... Um, when I, I didn't, we didn't have the internet at home, so you couldn't go on, on and watch all these Olympic stars and all that. I used to go around to my me, me auntie's house, my auntie's house and watch watch a little bit of uh, Mario Kinzelan. Is that your real auntie or a fake auntie? My real auntie, yeah. I used to watch Ma- Mario Kinzelan and a few Cubans around there, but I had DVDs of professional fighters like Rocky Marciano and I always used to admire them the, the way they'd be fighting with the tops off and and, and yeah, really like that style of boxing. I always wanted to be a professional. I always called it real boxing. Okay. So what about so your four? I'm just going from memory here. So your 14th fight, pro fight, you've won everything up to that point. Go into an English title and you win it. How are you feeling at that point? Your first, you know, English title. It's the it's the the first one on the well. It's not the first one, but. It's on the way, isn't it? It puts you on the way. What's you going through your mind at that point? It was nice, but uh, looking back, it was. I was. I felt like shit. I, I food poisoned myself. I killed myself that much to make the weight. And then after the weight, I think I was food poisoned. I don't know if all my body shut down that much. I used to get when I used to make it on ten. I used to get cramps in my stomach and stuff like that because uh, and my body just shut down. And um, but it went time to shut down. I had to then fight after making the weight. So then I eat loads of weight. I put on a stone over a stone and I didn't have the ability to sweat because my body was all onto it. So it was just like a big dry mess of like it was a strange, strange feeling. It was like having dry mouth all over your body. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It was really bad. You see some fighters, they pull out after weigh-ins and stuff like that. <coughs> they pull out after the weigh-ins, but they don't give no excuse. But that's the truth. They fucked up on the weight and, and they're in bad pain. So with the English title fighters, got a bit of body shot in the third round and it was just excruciating pain for you I was basically just trying to st- st- just win by any means necessary but stay on my feet but I had a strong poker face and John Fernandez didn't know he had me really really here for seven rounds he well I said couldn't say could say he did but I could also say I'd fuck myself up do you know what I mean but be- if I lost I'd have fixed it but I never won so what I've done is I carried on doing what I was doing do you know what I mean? After my fight, probably put on over two stone, and then fucking then then went long after that. I lost, I lost. I think I won another title, so the same thing. And then I went on to lose them for the business title, and then and then they have to start thinking about about the ways I was living and stuff. So that must have been the kid Galahad fight, wasn't it? About three fights later, I think it was when you yeah. lost. So do you think do you think? Um... Well, listen, it was only three fights later, I guess. So it's no massive, you know, it didn't really affect your career that much, did it? But do you think if you'd have lost John, John and Andes' fight, you might have done things differently quicker? Definitely, uh, definitely. When I got them lessons, I would have definitely done things differently. But I... Um, 
as of yeah, as I've had to do them differently, you know what I mean? But there's one thing winning and getting away with it, but then when you lose, you have to you have to fix you have to fix your problems, don't you? Well things happen for a reason though, don't they, mate? You know, yeah. I, I think I think if we fast forward right to, kind of like to now, you must be getting lots of phone calls, mate. <laughs> yeah. It keeps matching up. Um if we fast forward to now, you went lost for four years or nearly four years. Yeah, and then the, the time before that. I you know what I actually hadn't I, I think up until then, I'd only lost a few, actually a few rounds of boxing in a few years. And it was the first time I lost and it, it was hard to take because I didn't, I didn't, you get so confident and you get, you get, um, you do get a lot of confidence now when you're winning as a fighter. The eyes are lying, the lows are lower. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was about to say. So, because you lost two on the bounce and at that point, that must have been really low for you. Yeah, but then well, after, after after that loss, I knew I had to do like when you say you have to change the ways. I then came back and won the business title, mm-hmm. which was redemption for me. And then I went on to defend it once, and then I got a world title shot against um, the Cuban fighter who was world champion at the time. I lost that broken jaw first round or second round, and then um, I didn't have a warm up fight, but I still had all the British title. I was just like Rusty and he did change in the gym and all that. And a boxer like called Tommy Ward, who, uh, what could you say? How could you ping me? He pinged me. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what he used to like box me head off because I was just, because he was too good on the night. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a dark place because I'm thinking I've had two losses. No promoter wants to know. I'm not fucking generating no incest. So, what have I got to do here to revive my career? But now, but then think on that. <clears throat> so if you just hold yourself at that place for a minute, you've had two losses, you're in a dark place, you're feeling shit. Now fast forward to where you are now. Mate, some people would have just gone, right, that's enough, 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 I'm out, you know. You didn't, right? You, you dug deep. And now look at the career that you've had. Or, or, you know, listen, there's, there's still a long, a long way to go, isn't there? But you think of that, their moments, their defining moments. I guess what I'm asking is, you, you mentioned when you were 12, you were thinking, right, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, um, change change the way that I want to live. That must have been another one of them moments for you. That must have been a defining moment. What 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 was going on in your head? Well, I think you have an end goal. Having one end goal is the main thing that can get drag you through these things. So if I set my goals, so I, them goals, what I've set for my, myself can also drag me through my, my losses and my hard times, but... At the time, I, 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 I needed to change. I needed to find something new. I needed to, um, I needed something new. Do you know what I mean? In my career and the gym where I was at, I had great times. Uh, design dynamics of the place where I was at, it changed a lot. So I just needed to get away. Um, I travelled to America, and um, then I went to I went to travel the world really again. We found myself again. Got some good sparring with some good world champions and. Yeah, just stuck to stuck to me and goal really. So I've read something about you. <clears throat> so you can correct me if I'm wrong here, right? <laughs> Don't worry, it's not bad. Um, you're a man that uh, I'm going to read this actually because I've wrote it down. You're a man who states every day is a learning day. Yeah. Um, I guess talk to us about the changes you've made to your life that make sure the people around you don't see you unhappy if boxing doesn't go well. So you made some big changes, didn't you, around um, your beliefs? I think, and and, and actually. The, the way that the people around you are that important to you, that you want them to be happy regardless of boxing? Yeah, well, it's so easy, isn't it, to, to get carried away with your work life, your job, and if your job's going well, then you're happy. 
And if you're happy, then you can shed that happiness on your family. And then your family can see the best version of you and then they can be happy. But what if the job gets took away? Then you that means your kids can't be happy. Or if that kid, the kids see the worst version of you. So I've been... Um, I've made boxing my whole life, the centre of my life, because box, I'm very grateful to the to the career I've had through boxing because it changed my life. But it's nothing to do with their lives, do you know what I mean? I have to I have to separate them two, two things. Boxing is one thing, that's my career, and my life is another thing. I can give my everything to boxing, but also I can give me everything to my family as well. And them two things don't have to don't have to match up, you know. They don't have to get confused. I don't have to because it, it can become very, very distorted, do you know what I mean? My kids start loving boxing because I'm doing well. And what if I lose? Then, he, then uh, they, they might even resent my career. And it's, it's a very, very distorted because of the passion I have for boxing. It can be like that in any job or even relationships with people. Like, you could, you could have a family member who could be very, very confused by your actions on your distorted relationship with this one person and stuff like that. It can happen in any area, can't it, really? No, it can, but I just think it's a really intelligent way of, of separating it to, to step away and actually look at yourself from a, from a side, I guess, and look at yourself and go, actually, I'm maybe not doing the right things right now. I need to change that. And, you, and we've talked a lot about your boxing, how things change and, and, and even your life decisions. I think you're a really deep thinker. and I think that's really helped your career. I, I, honestly, I do. Mate, honestly, God, right, I'll, I'll go into my bed. And she'll go, oh, my God, there's the five-minute warning. Because <laughs> I'll just talk, like, deep. I'll, <laughs> I'm a proper deep person sometimes. I think, whoa, you're a bit heavy there, aren't you? You're a proper fucking deep person sometimes when speaking to people. And I think, have I gone too far? Do you know what I mean? Is he, is he, go, is he thinking in his head, what the fuck's he going on about? Do you know what I mean? But I do, I do think that, like, what are we talking about? If we're talking shit, what are you up to? Nothing. Nah, bro, it's shit, bro, in it, bro. There's nothing happening. It's shit, in it. No, that conversation, that's three corner mentality. Nothing comes of it ever, and it's the same conversation over and over. You know what I mean? I think creates creativity. Boredom is the abstinence of creativity in it, in the mind. So if you can think about things and and conversate that way, this is what I think. You can always grow and learn. You get something out of it. But talking about what happens and and how like. The penalty shouldn't have been given away, and like you just go on who's who's better than Everton Liverpool constantly all day long. It's just bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely from where you're from, that'll be a that'll be a key topic. Yeah. So t- tell us about what will lighten lighten the mood a bit. Tell us about the link up with Bellew. How did how did all that come about? Look at that. You're trying to lighten the mood, but I'm just, <laughs> a, very, just a very negative person. I can't really give you this light story right now. <laughs> but well. When I was in America, I had no, uh, didn't have many opportunities, and that was why I had to go back to America in the first place because I didn't have no opportunities. When I was out there, they asked him, "Would he manage me?" And at the time, he had big, he's fucking, he's busy himself, do you know what I mean? And um, he said, um, "What was it?" And he, he said, "I'm just a bit busy. I won't, I can't manage it, but I can try and get you on these bills." And he tried to pull a few strings for me and get me on some bills, and he did try and help me as he has in the past, and. Um, when I came back home to Liverpool, I needed a manager to fight on on, on this bill, and um, he said, "Yeah, I'll I'll give you the I'll, I'll sign a contract for you to, to manage a one year career." I said, "We'll see how it goes." Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I was very grateful for him. Then and uh, after the year contract was over, it being a boss year, do you know what I mean? For me anyway, I'm talking for myself personally. 
and he said, "Yeah, let's sign another one himself." I, I said, what, what, "What? What's the plan? So, are you, are you still in? Like, do you want to? Have you still got time for this? Do you know what I mean? Because he doesn't take nothing off me. He's not doing it for his own benefit. Do you know what I mean? He's doing it to help me. So, yeah, he said he was, he'd be happy to do it again. So, uh, yeah, it's coming. Cool. I think you know through all like the Bellew Hay stuff and all that. I mean, there were people that loved him. There were people that hated him. I just think he comes across just as a normal bloke. Do you know what I mean? You know, normal, but like, just like anyone, going about his life, wife and kids, and, you know, and he talks about them, obviously, a lot, doesn't he? But I just thought it'd be interesting to see uh, how that hook up with you two. He's very, very intelligent, man, because the fact that me and you are speaking about him right now says he's done something right, do you know what I mean? He's not even here. He's, he's irrelevant to this, to the, to where we're at right now, and we're talking about him, so we, he's a very smart man, and he had the old nation talking about him. Even if he had the mate in him, he was talking about him, and he, and he put him putting bums in C20 and he was selling out bills so it's like he's a very intelligent man and he's not he's not the character the, not like the alter ego that he created he's actually quite the opposite as I say the alter ego he's a very very kind man gentleman no it's good mate it's good right that's us right so we'll go in if you don't mind what we do now is we go into a few questions from the, the followers yeah? yeah sometimes mate these are these are yours are, yours are alright yours are alright so <clears throat> James wants to know I'll read it as it's been wrote from them. You're a big Everton fan. The last time Everton won anything, you were four years old. <laughs> can you see better times ahead? I can't know. You know what? I say this every year and I'll probably say it anyway, but I can't. I think it's going well. Just coming off that wind and nice against Chelsea and stuff like that, I think you've got to see some manager. I think I can definitely see better times ahead. I think with that squad you've got now, though, you know. Well, what was it? I think it was one 0 against Spurs at the first game of the season. I thought, oh shit, actually Everton are going to do. Yeah, we were flying, weren't we? And then it, it took a bit of a dip, hadn't it? And then again, maybe that result against Chelsea is the spark that you needed to. You know, you've got some decent players now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So next one, PJ. This is this is one that comes up a bit actually. PJ wants to know if there was a film made about your life, who would you want to play you? Yeah, I don't even know. Um, actors. Uh, as a kid, as a kid, I probably um, asked Tommy Tergus. Have you seen him? Brilliant <laughs> actor. He plays the kids in um, This Is England. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's, he's after yeah, me. Kids. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. I love them films. Right. Last one, mate. We ask everyone this. There's a story behind it where this girl called Emma used to message me all the time asking the same question. It doesn't matter who was coming on. It was about chocolate, puddings, all like that. So I blocked her because she's doing me editing, right? Um, <laughs> but, but but I use a question because it's brilliant. And it's the one that all you, you, you boxers are like, ah! Right, your top three chocolate bars. Oh. One, one of them doesn't exist anymore. Two of them don't exist anymore. Go on. I was saying them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember in the 90s, they had the marble. It was a Cabernet's marble. Yeah, the blend like a blended white and yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. They also, had, and they had the they had the spider as well. What you could drink your cup of coffee through it, you could drink your tea through it. A spider. Oh, like a yeah, yeah, like a thin, like a straw yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had the spider. So I've got the marble, the spider, and mm. um, come on, what's your number one? What's your go-to chocolate bar? Does 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 a happy hippo count? A what? A happy hippo. A happy? Are you kidding me? 
a kinder happier boat. Are you kidding? Well, so, so, come on. So, bueno then, yeah? The adult version. Have the hippo. Have the hippo. The ratio, though, the ratio wafer to cho chocolate is not right with the bueno. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, mate, the bueno. No, the chocolate inside the bueno. It's 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 not. It's only half a fucking. It's not even half full. Do you know what I mean? You're eating loads of fresh air, aren't you? <laughs> that was talking. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to give you the hippo, mate, and I'm pretty confident that no one else will ever... This this yeah, question, yeah. it'll continue, mate. You're going to be the only one that picks the hippo. But listen, we're happy with that. Jazza Dickens, thank you very much for your time. We'll speak again soon. Take care of yourself. Have a great Christmas. Thank That's you all. for your time, mate, mate. You too. And thank you for your time. Good luck and all the best with the channel. You're welcome, mate. Take care of yourself. Ciao, boss.